what he did when he saw his mom being physically abused, how he found himself $28,000 in debt at age 21, and how he worked himself out of it, how he's been able to stay sober for 16 plus years, what changes that he had to make in order to get sober, how he stays motivated to stay consistent with his side hustle, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 504 with entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and globally top-rated podcaster, Eric Allen. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. Are you somebody who really wants to improve your health, but you're overwhelmed with all that life is throwing at you and your lack of time to apply to your health and fitness? Are you somebody who knows they want to feel better in their own skin and you want to be more confident in your body? If so, then you need to get access to my new video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle. You're going to get a grocery list, a week's worth of workouts, and a list of healthy snacks and sweets to choose from. You can get all of that for absolutely free today by going to nickcarrier.com. Today, I am super excited to introduce y'all to Eric Allen. The story that we start with today is so powerful. You're going to hear about what happened when Eric was 13 years old. He was brushing his teeth and he turned around to see his mom's boyfriend, who's an abusive boyfriend. And then Eric takes over the story. He talks about how he buried himself into $28,000 in debt by age 21. And he talks us through how one of the most impactful things that he has ever done was to simply slide into somebody's DMs. And then he'll talk about so much more as well. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Eric Allen. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super excited to be joined by the one and only Eric Allen. Eric, just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today, man. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be on your show, dude. Truly an honor to be here, man. You have an amazing podcast. People need to be listening to the show. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, right back at you. Everybody needs to be tuning into the Eric Allen Show. So I'll give you that that plug right away. But man, I've been really looking forward to, to connecting with you. I feel like we've got a, a number of mutual people that we've connected with. So excited to talk to you today. And I want to go all the way back and, and start with your story. I was super moved, to be honest with you, moved like by your story. And basically, it starts off when you were growing up at 11 years old, you were told by your parents that they were going to get a divorce and it kind of came out of nowhere and you didn't really know exactly why and you might still not really know exactly why. But then after that, relatively quickly, your mom got involved with a man who was physically abusive to her and you saw this on a regular basis and you had to call the cops multiple times because of this. And then you guys ended up moving to Montana after a couple of years. And when you were living there, they essentially had you living in a garage, first off. So that's not necessarily an ideal living situation. And and uh, all the abuse continued to happen. The abuse continued to happen. And you remember one day in particular kind of like really changed your life and changed the trajectory of your kind of teenage years and early into adulthood and, and such. And basically it starts off with you remember standing there brushing your teeth and you remember this sense or this this feeling of, I need to turn around. And you turned around, and then I'm going to let you take the story from there. 
yeah, man, I was about 13 years old. So brush my teeth and uh, really felt God going, dude, you got to turn around and see what's going on. They were arguing behind me. I knew what was going on, but I, you know, it just, just got to this point where I was like, okay, you got to turn around. So the way the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry, to the garage door where my bedroom was at. And as I turn around the corner, I see this guy on top of my mom, just boom, boom, one after the other shot to her face. And I'm like, I got to put a stop to this. So I walked up behind him. I grabbed a cast iron pan and I swung as hard as I could and I split the back of his head open. It didn't knock him out. He turned around. He's like, what then? As he did that, I took another swing and split his forehead open. And uh, again, not knocking him out. Um, but he was bleeding pretty good. Stood up over me to yell. My mom jumps up like mama bear, lands like six punches in a row to his face. Blood's all over the walls. It's just craziness, man. Cops show up, take him to jail. My mom doesn't press charges again. And it wasn't much longer after that. Um, I mean, a couple months probably where I was a freshman year, a freshman in high school. Uh, and I got kicked out of the house. I thought I was a hero for stopping the fight. Uh, and I had a little bit more respect from him where it kind of slowed down a little bit after that. Um, but that really set me on a path of destruction for the next 10 years of my life, man. Oh my Lord. So talk to me, talk me through this happens. Obviously your mom retaliates against him as well, giving him a few good punches. What is when he stays around and she doesn't leave him or y'all don't leave him. Is there any kind of, conversation or reason as to why no i never had i never found out why my mom decided to stay or wanted to stay I, um i didn't understand it i i you know in my eyes it was like dude it should have ended a long time before any of this happened right you know um they had a kid together several months after my parents got divorced and they got together they, they ended up having a, a son uh, who's my half brother but uh yeah it, it was a strange situation for sure man and my mom actually after i left that house to go with my dad my sophomore through senior year of high school my mom stayed with him for probably another four or five years. And mm -hmm. I never understood why that, why that was the case. What, what do you think that moment of retaliating towards him? What do you think as a, what, how do you think that changed you? How do you think that changed? You know, you say it changed the trajectory of your teenage years and kind of early adulthood. What do you think about that day about those moments really changed you? I think for me in that moment, I, I, I had no direction in life. You know, he, here I was, I was thinking I was the hero, like I said, but I got no praise. I got nothing from stopping mm -hmm. my, this man, right? Like I go back to live with my dad in, in Washington and he rented a house for him and I to live in. And then he would go stay with his girlfriend. So I really had this open house as a sophomore through my senior year of high school where I could do whatever I want. And so I got into drugs and drinking early on. I was getting stoned before school, at lunch, after school. Come my senior year of high school, I get arrested for having a bong, which is really funny now because it's legal in the state of Washington. But at the time when I was a senior in high school, it was illegal. And I had to go to jail, man, a black and white chain gang outfit on, bright orange slippers, just one night. But it didn't scare me enough to stop doing things. And, uh, you know, I barely graduated high school. Two weeks after I graduated high school, I wake up to a post-it note on the bathroom mirror at my dad's house and said, you can't comply with house rules. You have 48 hours to get out. And so basically between the age of 18 and 21, I moved 21 times. I was living on couches here for a week, a few days there, a few days there, made a move to Seattle, slipping on fours. People I didn't even know, they're like, oh, my second cousin has room. You can stay for three days, you know, and just battled addictions, living off the credit cards. And by the time I'm 21, I'm $28,000 in debt and had to file bankruptcy at that point. And um, man, it was just a crazy start to my early 20s. Holy crap. Yeah, that is... A crazy start to say the least of your early 20s. So it sounds like this moment happened and you kind of feel like, 
almost maybe like a hero in the moment. Like I'm worthy, like I'm worthy of praise. Like somebody should be patting me on the back for doing what I just did. And nobody gives you that reassurance that what you did was right. And so that kind of left you with a little bit of um, like, is what I did right? And and then you moved forward and without having your dad in the house, you just kind of had a, a lack of direction. And I think oftentimes, you know, you said that I had the house to myself. And so oftentimes people can think like, oh, that's so freeing. Like, Freedom is amazing, but like we need rules. Rules provide us with direction and provide us with guidance moving forward. So talk to us about you talk you said those three years, eighteen to twenty one, you got to twenty eight thousand dollars in debt. You had moved twenty one times from house to house, couch to couch. What allowed you to start moving out of that? Like at twenty one, was there a moment that kind of changed for you? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. When I got up to Seattle, Washington, is where I moved out to out of high school. I didn't. It, I grew up in one of those towns where it's like you either stayed, made babies, or you got the hell out. And I was one of those guys who got the hell out, right? So, mm-hmm. um, got up to Seattle, and you know, after I filed bankruptcy, I landed a job with Universal Records, and this kind of got me on the right path, sort of like it, it gave me some more experience. But you know, I ended up landing this job with them. I was I was an intern for the first six months. They paid me for the last six months. I was there. I got laid off my one year anniversary during the Napster days, if people remember that. Uh, but it opened the door to two to three concerts a week. I was living the rockstar lifestyle. I was backstage hanging out with bands and, you know, doing everything that bands do back there. Just like, well, drugs, alcohol, whatever you want to think about that. It was basically happening back there. And there was a moment when I got laid off my one year anniversary and I was working at Starbucks and a girl walked in. It was my night job, basically to replace my my universal job. And I was depressed, man. She walked in. She said, hey, we've got a cool college age event down at our church. Do you want to go? You know, and I have no friends and she's good looking. Yep. What time do I need to be there is what's going through my head, you know, at that point. And so I go to this event and I really felt like in that moment that God started to plant a seed in me because it was a month later, Easter 2004. And I went out and I partied with this band that I managed. And I woke up Easter morning and I just felt God going, dude, you're going down this life that's going to end your life real quick, man. You're going on this path that's going to end your life. And so I decided the moment to give my life to Christ, I, I right there in my buddy's basement and I surrendered and I gave everything up. No, I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment. And I called that girl up and I got her voice. And I said, Hey, thanks for inviting me to that church. Maybe I'll see at the store. And uh, well, a month later we we're dating and we just celebrated 18 years of being married this week, man. Wow. That is awesome. I was, what I was wondering if it was going to turn into that. I wasn't sure. Wow. That is Unbelievable. So yeah, I think we're actually both born at exactly 1.41 p.m. on a birth certificate. It's different days over years, but the exact same minute. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy stuff. So I'm always fascinated by what gets people to change, what gets people to change their behaviors. And so oftentimes, like I'm a fitness trainer and I help people achieve their fitness goals. And one of the biggest things that I help people do is to make sure they set realistic goals to not try to jump from zero to a hundred right away, but to try to take progressive steps and, and, um, so that it's realistic and that it's sustainable. But however, there are these times when people need to go zero to 100, zero to 100, or they need to go from all of this to all of that. And I'm, I'm fascinated by people being able to get sober because that's what it is. It's what I guess I understand it has to be. They have to go from maybe having a severe problem to like, I have to do none of it. There can't be necessarily an ease or it's much more difficult to ease your way off of it. So talk to me a little bit about some of the things that allowed you to make that big change from doing this regularly to not doing it at all. 
Yeah, I think if you want to make a change in your life, you've got to be drastic with those changes. And I had to change the environment. So I had to replace the party scene, all the bars that I was going to. And I replaced it with guys that I found in the church that were businessmen, that were great, that had been married for a long time, that, that had walks with Christ that were huge or, you know, that were deep. And I just said, hey, you know what? This pre-podcasting days, I was like, I want to take you out to coffee. I want to understand your story. What are you doing today that's got you on the path that you're on? Like, tell me what you're doing to avoid all of this ruckus that's going on in the world. And how are you so dedicated to being the best father, the best husband, the best, you know, uh, guy that you can be in business? And I just started interviewing people and I replaced that party scene with guys who were living the life that I wanted to live. And that mm-hmm. helped me, that helped me to adjust my mindset and really just not think about the drugs, the smoking, the cigarettes. And I had tried to smoke or quit smoking many, many times. It was one of those things where I eased into, oh, I'll only smoke two cigarettes today, right? And then I grab a drink and I'm suddenly like a pack and a half down, right? Like, so I had to just, I knew myself and I was like, okay, I've got to go to the extreme right here and just cut it all off. Mm. Were there ever times that you were tempted to go back, but then there had to be a reminder in your mind of why not to, or talk to me about any kind of temptation or discipline or willpower that you had to display in order to stay on the right track? No, I I really didn't run into issues where I was like, man, I got to have a smoke or I got to have a beer or or something like that. I never had that. And and it was simply because I decided that my past and other people's opinions of me didn't define my future. And so once I was like, dude, I'm done with the past. It's over. I'm on this new trajectory. Once I realized that it opened the door of opportunity to make a bigger impact. I had a new mission, right? Like I wanted, I want to break the chains of abuse, addiction, rejection, and divorce in my family. And so my wife and I, we both come from broken homes. And we said, we, I do, like we meant it. And so here we are 18 years later, and we're still changing the, you know, the trajectory of our, our Allen tribe, right? My kids will never experience divorce or my wife and I experience our parents divorcing and marrying four five, six times even. Mm. Yeah. So it, it sounds like to me, in order to make a big change like this, one of the first things you did was change your environment. You changed the people that you surrounded yourself with. You ensured that you were hanging out with people who had habits, who did things that you wanted to do and had habits that you wanted to have. And then you also made a shift in your identity. You're like this past version of Eric Allen. I'm going to shed that guy. Cause there's, I don't want to be him anymore. I'm going to create this new identity and adopt this new identity for myself. So I, w- I kind of want to get into like professionally and career. So, cause you went from having this job for a year, getting laid off then working at Starbucks and then going to this church and get, giving yourself to Christ and getting sober. Talk to us about how then your career and professional life started to go. Like it must've been hard to get a job, having very little experience, working at Starbucks, like being a lot in debt, not having much of a a resume or anything, probably not knowing too many people. Like talk to us about how you kind of get your footing into a career. You know, for me, I've I've never liked the idea of working for a company for long-term. And so if we look at my history, I've had a lot of jobs. And so I was working at Starbucks, I got married and I realized real quickly that Starbucks doesn't really pay the bills if I'm a married man and I'm trying to provide for my wife. Now we were both working at the time, but still it's like rough being newlyweds. We're trying to like have all these new bills in our apartment, things like that. So I had done sales previously. And so I went back into sales. I started applying at sales jobs out in Seattle and ended up landing jobs with sales companies and doing really well with those companies. And uh, now, I mean, I've, I've slowed down the, the transition from job to job over the last probably 10 years now. But uh, in my early 20s, man, I just was job 
hopping whoever was paying me the most that I was just hungry for the money. Right. It didn't matter what the environment mm-hmm. was. If they were paying me more, I was going to go there. And so, yeah, I've spent most of my career, 25 plus years in sales and customer success, um, account management type stuff. And uh, it's helped me and provided for my family. My goal was to have my wife come home and be a stay at home mom. And six months after my daughter, who's 13 now, um, I was able to do that. And so my wife has been home with our kids ever since. And uh, my, my son and my daughter don't have any recollection of my wife ever working. And she's just been the stay at home mom to, to do the hardest job in the world. And so that was my goal. And, and here we are today and still, you know, kicking butt and taking names, man. That's awesome, dude. I love it. I love it. That's exp- inspiring. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10-week transformation. At Best U, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before. They've seen the stubborn fat finally come off and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say. So I'm just finishing up my fourth 10-week program with Nick, and the reason why I signed up initially is because I wasn't in a really good place mentally, and I had always been pretty consistent with working out, but I knew I needed a change in my life. So I signed up. I was feeling pretty nervous at first. Didn't really know what to expect. It's the unknown, but Nick makes it so easy. You're surrounded by a group of people who are amazing. They only want to better themselves, so that pushes you to want to be better. The first 10 weeks, I definitely noticed some changes in my mental health and my strength, but I knew I wanted to keep it going because the framework that is provided definitely sets you up for success. It's been about a year now, and I can definitely say that there have been huge changes in my mental health, my strength, my confidence. I've learned so much about consistency, showing up for myself. Never thought I'd be the girl to wake up at 5 a.m. to work out, but here I am. And you have Nick who is there with you every single step of the way. He meets you where you're at. He pushes you to crush your goals. He only wants to see you succeed. He wants you to be your best you. So if you're looking for a program that is only going to make you better, this is for you. Now I wanna talk to you about the addition or kind of transition in your career, I guess out of maybe not as much from the sales thing and now maybe into more of what you're currently doing with Eric Allen Media and doing the podcasting and now you're a John Maxwell certified leadership coach. Talk to us about how that came to the forefront because that's very different than working a sales job at some of the places that you've worked in the past. Yeah, I mean, and I still work a full-time job. I just, I wake up okay. at 4 a.m. six days a week to, to work on my, my right podcast, at, right? So I'm, I'm up um, and... You know, I get up and I work my podcast. I reach out to clients. Uh, and so I do, yeah, video content creation for brands. So I do, you know, box openings, how-to videos, explainer videos, voiceover work, stuff like that. Um, but it's all on the side, man. And, and podcasting really came to me in 2017. I used to have a company called Top Rated MMA. We were a mixed martial arts apparel company. And I got bored with the apparel side and said, I just want to talk to MMA fighters and ask them why they want to get, get in a cage and get punched in the face. And so I did that for a year. And then in 2018, I'm looking online for motivational videos. I come across a guy named Ed Milet. And I'm like, holy crap, man, this guy's beliefs, his values, everything's aligned with me. And I just started sponging up everything I could find on this guy. And turns out he has a house here in Coeur d'Alene. And so I 
shot him a message on Instagram DM thinking, oh man, he's got like, you know, 500, 600,000 followers. He's not going to respond. And I was like, hey dude, I saw you have a house in Coraline next time in your town. I'll buy a burger. And first of all, that's the worst thing you can say to someone who has a lot of money because they can buy their own burger. But like he responded back and he's like, dude, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, shut up, man. Like, I was like, no way. So I ended up not meeting them though in person. But uh, about three months later, he issued the Max Out Community Challenge on Instagram, which was, he said, submit a one minute video, tag me on your stories on Instagram. Tell me why you want to be successful. So I submitted this video. He had about a million followers at that time. And I actually woke up to a, a notification on my phone one morning from him. He had tagged me on a post. I won this contest, which landed me a phone call with Ed, which changed my life forever, inspired me to start the Eric Allen Show, which I have today. Wow, dude, that is awesome. That is awesome because it's just sending a DM or submitting a video. Those are things that so many people think about, but they have very little belief or faith that anything is going to come of it. And oftentimes, probably 95, 99% of the time, nothing will come of it. But you have to, if you, but if you have a hundred of those different thoughts that go through your head across the year, and you do all 100 of them, then one of them might actually turn into something big. And so it's such a testament to, you don't want to just take action with certainty that there's going to be an outcome on the other side of it. You want to take action with faith and belief that regardless of whether or not there's going to be an outcome on the other side of this thing, I just need to do it. I just need to take action regardless because that is unbelievable and just a true testament to just taking action and doing what you felt like was right at the time. Yeah, it was, it was one of those cool moments, man, where I, you know, I couldn't believe that I was on a zoom with Ed Milet and he's at his beach house in Laguna beach or whatever, you know, on zoom. And it's just him and I, and he's like shutting out everything. He's just focused on me. It's supposed to be 20 minutes. We ended up chatting for 30 coolest dude ever. Um, I was able to record that and release it as episode 12 of my podcast. So I just started the Eric Allen show at that time. And here we are like Ed Milet was episode 12. I had Sean Whalen on my call or my show prior to that. And then it just opened the door uh, to the amazing guests that I've had so far, man. And it's, we're not slowing down, man. We're, we're putting out a show a week and um, combined have done just a little over 450 episodes since 2017. That's awesome, man. That's dedication. That's dedication. I love to hear it. And you're doing all of that on the side of your main job, your, your nine to five. And so talk to me a little bit about, there's probably a lot of people listening who have either thought about wanting to do a side hustle or create any kind of thing like that. Talk to me about how you have practically been able to do it from like a wake up at 4 a.m. type of thing, but also from a motivation kind of thing. What has allowed you to sustain the level of motivation to do it, even though you've got kids at home and all these kinds of things and a limited amount of time to be able to dedicate it to it? To it. So talk to us about what it's taken practically to be able to run a side hustle outside of your primary job. And then also from a motivational standpoint, how you've been able to stay consistent with it. Yeah. You mean for me, man, I'm 43 years old. So I'm very grateful for every day that I get to wake up, man. And like we had kind of chatted before, man, every day, as soon as I wake up, I immediately go, man, thank you God for another day to see and hug and hold my family. And people ask me all the time, like, why do you wake up at 4am? It's because my desire to be successful is bigger than my desire to sleep period. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get up at 4am when my parent or when my family is still sleeping, I'm not eating into family time. I can then get up and I can work on my personal development. I can work on clients. I can work on videos and, and earning an income on that side hustle without eating into family time. So at mm -hmm. five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm definitely trying to shut off that phone. Now I'm not perfect, but at five o'clock, I try to avoid getting on my phone so I can see and spend time with my family. 
But the drive for me to keep going is I want to provide for my family. I never want my wife to have to go to work. I want my kids to raise, uh, be raised in a home where they see me every day. I've been working from home since 2015. So they only know me really from working from home. And so they get to come upstairs and they see me throughout the day and things like that. But my motivation is to change the legacy of the Allen tribe moving forward. I want us to have an amazing family unit. And that's what motivates me to keep going. Like I want that property. I've got a big poster on my wall here. That's got this beautiful property that I want. And I have another thing right next to it that says, if my neighbors are too close, or if I can't pee off my front porch, then my neighbors are too close. Like that's literally the motivation <laughs> for me is I want the property that I can just pee off the front porch and then I can go, look, this is my, this is what I built and I'm not slowing down until I get it, man. So <laughs> damn dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. And the reason why I asked that question is because that is to a certain extent what everybody is dealing with. Everybody, it might not be a side hustle. It might be trying to apply time to their health and fitness because it's an easy excuse to say, I don't have time to do it. But the matter of fact is that it's not a lack of time. It's a matter of priority and you prioritize it and your desire, like you said, to be successful is greater than your desire to sleep. And so whatever it is that you're saying that you maybe don't have time for, like there is practically time for it, but find the meaning behind it. Find the the vision behind it, like you have a clear vision, you have clear meaning as to why the side hustle is so important for you. And that's what actually keeps you being consistent. So for those of you out there, whatever it is that you know you need to be doing, but you're not prioritizing the time to do it, find meaning behind it, find vision behind it. And that will create lasting motivation and inspiration for you to keep moving forward. Yeah. Come on, man. If you, you gotta have a strong why, right? Like, and that why is what pushes me forward on a daily basis. Uh, now, I do know that I need to change some priorities around so that I can start working out more. I'm going to get together with you on that. But <laughs> like that's definitely, that's definitely an area that I know that I need to, to work on and prioritize a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we, we all have different seasons of our life of, of how all this stuff gets prioritized and stuff. So uh, maybe that's a, a next season. But now, I, I know that you're a John Maxwell certified leadership coach now. So I'm interested in to start. What are some different things that you have learned from that program and coaching people that you've applied in your own life? Man, it was so good. So one of my goals for 2022 was to become a coach. And I didn't want to just call myself a coach. I wanted to get certified as a coach and go through a program that actually meant something to me. So I looked at Tony Robbins. I looked at a bunch of other coaching programs, but John Maxwell, his beliefs and his values aligned with my own. And so I decided, you know what? He's an amazing author. He's a pastor. He aligns with my beliefs. I'm going all in. And so I just went all in, bought the deal and started deep diving in. And they take you through such great training on how to be a speaker and how to be a coach. And it's two different tracks that you can go on. And for me, I really wanted to grow personally. Like, how can I be a better coach, a better parent, a better husband? Like, how can I be a better communicator? And so what I did was I take that coaching style that he has around leadership and goal setting and, and having the right mindset into things. And I apply that to students who want to launch a podcast. I'm a big believer in everybody should have a podcast. Look, I can't go back and see what my great, great grandfather looked like or what he felt like or what his energy was. But today with today's technology, I can do a podcast and four generations deep, they can look back and go, man, grandpa Eric, he was a stud, man. He can get on and he has this great energy. So I'm such a big proponent in telling people, look, launch a podcast, even if you don't release it, 
record something, put it on your computer. Let me help you with that. And so, um, man, that's what I've been able to do with the John Maxwell certification is help people realize that that's something that they can do. And it's super simple. And starting a podcast and launching it is absolutely cheap. And it's the greatest marketing thing in the world, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Um, second to last question here. Of all the amazing guests that you've had on your show, you've already mentioned a few. Talk to me about some of your biggest lessons that you've learned or and, and things that you've applied based off of those things that you have learned. Uh, one, Ed, talking with him, you know, the big thing that he talked about was, was canny. And I'd never heard that before, but constant and never-ending improvement. And mm-hmm. it just really dials into always growing, never getting like stale. And I have that on my wall over here. You know, like when I walk in my office, I see candy there and that's what I want to do on a daily basis. Right. So that was one thing that he said to me uh, that really impacted me, you know, and him and Tony have both said like life happens for us, not to us. And once I heard that, I was like, oh man, oh man, like my past. Yep. I get it. It's over, but it happened for me, not to me. And I can't have this victim mentality. Right. Um, I think another guy that, that really made a big impact for me was Jim, the rookie Morris. If you saw the movie, the rookie that's been on Disney, that guy is unbelievable. He's been on my show twice and his strength in faith and family just really aligned with me, man. And he just talked about getting priority priorities straight. You know, are you working for your job or are you working for your family, right? Don't put yourself in a negative job just because it pays the bills. Make sure that you go somewhere that's going to allow you to have family time and, and be able to pay the bills, but also give you happiness while you're there. Don't go there and just dreading there. And so, man, Jim, the rookie Morris, probably one of my favorite guests that I've had on the show. Mm, that's awesome. I've actually had uh, Jim Morris on twice on the best you podcast as well. So yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, uh, before I ask the last question here, Eric, I just want to acknowledge you, man. I Someone was asking me today, how do you find guests for the Best You Podcast or what qualities are you looking in for guests in the Best You Podcast? And I tell them that I'm looking for people who, who I feel like up to this point in their life have done a good job of getting closer to the best version of themselves, but they're also actively pursuing that next level. They're actively working on new things in order to get closer to the best version of yourself. And I feel like some of the, a number of the things that you've done is when you made that transition when you were 21, you established a new environment. You actively took ownership and responsibility of the environment that you were going to be around and the people that you were going to be around. You shed that old, that old identity that you had and you're like, I'm going to forge a new path for myself moving forward. And then, you know, you've created this side hustle on the side and, 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 everything like that with a powerful why and purpose and motivation and just the grit and the grind to make it happen. So I just think it's, it's so cool and so inspiring. And I know that it's going to continue to grow and explode um, with your level of dedication and purpose behind it also. I just want to make sure I acknowledge you, man. Oh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. There's a, it's, it's definitely a drive that keeps me going and, and there's no slowing down, man. No slowing down, man. Just keep accelerating, baby. Well, everybody needs to go. You guys need to go follow Eric on Instagram at Eric G. Allen. And you can go find him on uh, his website as well at ericallenmedia.com. And then as I mentioned right in the beginning, he has his own podcast with some amazing guests like he's already talked about, Ed Milet, one of my favorite speakers, entrepreneurs, business people as well, Jim the Rookie Morris, who you guys have maybe listened to as well on this show. So make sure you go listen to the Eric Allen show as well. But Eric... Last question, and I think you uh, are primed for it since you talked about 
uh, that canny acronym and always taking it to the next level is I believe that in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, it's a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we ever actually reach that best version. We just keep striving. And then I also believe that the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So this last question is for you personally. If there are three things that you could currently do or currently work on to get closer to the best version of Eric Allen that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Uh, number one, I want to uh, start. I'm on the I'm on a, a workout journey right now, man. I, I'm just kind of in this position where you know I'm hitting 43 and I want to get in better shape, man. So I'm literally just starting that journey. That's that's something for me. You know, a couple years back, I was in really good shape, and then I COVID hit, and then of course I got lazy, right? And so I uh, got off track, man. So I'm really on this path of just getting back on that track to get healthy. I'd love to be a better speaker. Uh, you know, I I want to join Toastmasters here locally, and and I think. You can always learn from folks, man. And, and as much as the podcast that I've done, it's great, uh, but I haven't done a ton of public speaking. I've done a few public speaking things, but I really feel like I want to grow in that area. And so joining Toastmasters and getting a coach, that's an area that I want to grow in. And I just want to grow in being a better father and a better husband for me, man. And and I always want to grow in that area. Never want to let that get old. And so I always want to like, connect with other dads and connect with other, you know, married couples and ask them how they're doing things. And for me, it's really important to connect with a men's group at our church. And so I can connect with those guys on a weekly basis and just grow my faith and grow my family and, and, and things like that. And always trying to grow in that area, man. So those three things, my health, uh, speaking, and then of course my faith, man. Mm, that's awesome, dude. Well, three great things. So much amazing stuff here today. I mean, as I mentioned, take ownership of the community and the environment that you're surrounding yourself with. Find purpose and meaning behind the hard work that you're doing so that you can stay consistent with it and just so much more. So you guys make sure you go follow Eric on Instagram. Make sure you go listen to the Eric Allen show as well. But Eric, that's all we got today, man. That was awesome. Oh man, such an honor to be here, dude. I love this podcast. Loved our conversation, man. Thank you so much for having me on. That was an awesome episode with Eric. Remember, if you're overwhelmed about what you should eat, if you want to feel more confident in your skin, and if you need a way to satisfy your sweet tooth in a healthy manner, then go get access to my video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle at nickcarrier.com for free. And remember, if you're looking to make a change in your life, two things. One, change your environment. The beautiful thing about life is that we can take ownership over changing the people that we hang around and changing the places that we go. And number two, shed your old identity. He shed the identity of somebody who had to drink and smoke to somebody who would never do it again. And remember that in order to do difficult things consistently, we have to attach meaning, purpose, and vision behind it. He's been able to attach the purpose of changing the narrative of the Allen tribe, the Allen family, and the vision of his future piece of property to his side hustle. And that's what's allowed him to continue on the grind day in and day out. So if you can change your environment for the better, if you can shed your old identity, and if you can attach purpose and vision to the difficult tasks that you know you need to do, then you'll continue on the path closer and closer to your best you.